Welcome to another edition of the Franchise Players. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by our esteemed panel, Cleveland, uh, excuse me, Clemens Courier beat writer Jay Spivey, and from IMG Learfield Sports, Ryan Stone. You can follow the fellas on Twitter. Uh, Ryan is at Ryan Stone Sports. Jay is at Spivey underscore WSJ. I'm at Des underscore 3505. Gentlemen, let's hop right into it. A lot of stuff to talk about that happened in the world of sports around us this week. Uh, as we get into our weekend here at TRSR, let's start off in the NFL. Um, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson was in the news this past week. Rumors have surfaced that Wilson, while he wants to stay in Seattle, wouldn't mind playing for the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, or Bears if, in fact, he's traded. Wilson is 32 years old, and he's taken more hits than any other quarterback in the league since 2013. Is this a nothing burger, or should we take this smoke seriously? And if so, should the Carolina Panthers kick the tires on Russell Wilson? Let's start off with you, Jay. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of smoke to this fire in terms of Russell Wilson because we've heard about it for basically the last month or so. So I think he would probably like to leave. It just sounds like he's unhappy with, with kind of his role with the offense right now. So as far as the teams he's picked, they're all kind of weird in a way of the ones he's picked. Um, the one that seems the weirdest to me is the Raiders one because I mean, Russell's better than Carr is, but I don't know that the Raiders would be willing to pass up to give up anything for, for Russell Wilson at this point. And the Bears, they just have no quarterback. And I don't know that they've been willing to pull the trigger, and that's sort of been their MO for years. They just don't have a quarterback. Yeah. But, I mean, if, they could, if the Seahawks could pull the trade and he's uh, amenable to doing it, now, I think it's probably a good possibility he's probably not going to be with the Seahawks next season. Um, I think there's, I think the Seahawks better take this seriously. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. think they're going to trade him. I think ultimately what Russell Wilson is trying to do here is he's trying to get Pete Carroll fired. Uh, he is. He is applying. We've got, we've got our first spicy take of the day. He, he is <laughs> applying pressure on the Seahawks to change the way the way that they have done business over the last couple of years. And he should. I mean, he's seeing what Deshaun Watson is doing to, to get what he wants. And you know, Russell Wilson, as we as Jay already mentioned, and sat more than any or hit more than any quarterback, I think, in the last two years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense has gone stale because of the way that Pete Carroll and company have uh, have run that offense. And quite frankly, the defense hasn't been that great uh, from what they were a few years ago. So I think uh, that ultimately what he's trying to do is apply pressure. Now, as far as the places he chose, well, Las Vegas, is, uh, he's married to Sierra. Las Vegas is all about the glitz and the glam. Same thing with Dallas. That's the reason he chose those two places. Chicago, because they're a quarterback away. Uh, New Orleans, because, I mean, him and Sean Payton. Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're on the same offense that they've been running for the past decade, just put Wilson in place of Breeze, right? Yep, exactly. And I, so I think ultimately what he's doing is applying pressure while also kind of letting those teams know, like, oh, I'd be interested in, in coming to play for you if uh, if this situation does not improve in the next month or so. Yeah, I – well, for stars, the dude's owed – I mean, he's getting paid like $35 million a year. So to me, I, I hear that and I'm like, well, I don't see how the Saints could afford him because they're constantly right up against the, uh, the the salary cap wall in terms of what they have available to spend. 
The Raiders, I agree. I'm not really sure how much sense that makes. Uh, the Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer in the history of their franchise. Never. never. <laughs> like, they've never I mean, had a quarterback. I mean, I mean that's <laughs> unbelievable in this day and age that they have never had a decent quarterback. I mean, outside of Jim McMahon, and he wasn't really a throwing yeah. extraordinary. I mean, they haven't had anybody since McMahon. It's really like he's the when I was about to say who's the first Chicago Bears quarterback you think of when you think of that and it's probably Jim McMahon. That was Jim 30 McMahon, years ago. That's it. That was 30 years ago. So I mean, I I don't know. That's I don't know if I was if I was Russell Wilson if I'd want to go to Chicago. The Cowboys is intriguing to me. Uh, you know, playing quarterback for America's team. I know it's the Cowboys. They haven't won a Super Bowl in 20 plus years. But being quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys still means something in 2021 America, I do believe. Um but again, it comes down to, you know, Wilson's 32. He's making about $35 million per year. I don't understand, uh, going back to Ryan's spicy take there, about him wanting to get Pete Carroll fired. Because if, if everyone remembers, Pete Carroll gutted the team and kept Russell. He chose Russell like over the defense that he built through the draft. They let all those guys go over time to keep Russell Wilson. So what what happened? Like, why, why is there a... I, th- oh, I think it all boils down to that Super Bowl when they decide to throw the ball. That that and the offense is going stale. I mean, they just they yeah, have, offense is awful. They have not progressed as a team over the last couple. I mean, we saw them early in the season this past year. First four weeks, they were a favorite to make the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then they just faded throughout the year. Nothing really ever changed, and they just faded throughout the year, and ultimately. That's a failure on the coaching staff to not switch things up and also on the front office to not get the pieces in there around Russell Wilson that they need. Do you, If you were the Carolina Panthers, would you kick the tires on Russell Wilson? Because they've said they're going to be aggressive and be in on every deal. If it were me, I mean, I, I think I've said this a million times. I love Russell Wilson. I've loved him ever since he was at NC State. If it were me, I would. I'd rather go that route than go through the draft route, which is what it sounds like they're, they're more willing to go to right now. But – I mean, I love Russell Wilson. I think he could help a lot of teams. You, you're going to have to give up just as much to get Russell Wilson, I would imagine, as Deshaun Watson. Um, and I think the Texans are probably a more willing partner. And I'll kick the tire, sure. But I think ultimately the, the more likely scenario of the trade route is going to be Deshaun Watson. But we'll see. You do have you know former Seattle front office executive Scott Fitterer now running – the Carolina Panthers. So there is kind of a connection there between the front offices, possibly. I think he left on good terms. So, uh, I mean, he, pl- he worked in Seattle for over a decade. Uh, I, well, that's the other thing. No, was, he's, he's got a no trade clause, so he's going to agree to it. Right. That, and there you go. Because I thought I'd heard he wants to stay in the Pacific Northwest. So that kind of limits where he can go uh, in terms of NFL teams. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that. But there's a lot of quarterback movement in the NFL. Um, Let's move over to the draft. ESPN's Mel Kuyper has produced yet another mock draft with the Carolina Panthers this time selecting Alabama quarterback Mac Jones at number eight. Jones threw for almost 80% uh, completion percentage at Alabama last year, but many people do not consider him a top 10 pick. Should the Panthers draft a quarterback or go all in for Deshaun Watson, who will probably demand three first-round picks and more from whatever franchise he ends up going to? I'm going to say that the Mac, the Mac Jones thing, I think, ultimately is about fit with Carolina uh, because I think he, he fits what Joe Brady wants to do. Extremely accurate, gets the ball out quick, really smart. 
Uh, not that athletic, which is kind of the the trend that most quarterbacks have gone in the uh, in the NFL outside of you know Tom Brady, uh, who just won the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but uh, I think ultimately that's what the Mac Jones uh, pick in that spot is about. Uh, but I, I still think if you can find a way to get a proven commodity in Deshaun Watson at 25 years old, who's going to sell more tickets in that area than any of these quarterbacks we're talking about outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, and there's no chance of getting Trevor Lawrence, but because of the Clemson connection, he's going to sell a lot of tickets for the Panthers. I, I still think that's the way you go. I would agree. I, I would be more apt to go with Deshaun Watson. He's definitely a proven commodity. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, Jones had a tremendous year this year for Alabama, but you know it just seems like pretty much everybody that Sarkeesian had when it, when Sarkeesian was offensive coordinator at Alabama before he went to Texas is that. He did well. All the quarterbacks did well with him. So you almost got to wonder whether some of these guys are a product of Sarkeesian's system or just, you know, whether Mac Jones has had a one-year wonder and can you know, progress through the NFL. But, you know, the NFL has proven over and over and over the last 10, 15 years, especially that they want to draft quarterbacks. And, you know, I saw the same thing that you did with, with Kuyper's mock draft and five of the top nine picks that he had were quarterbacks. That tells you where the, that tells you where these teams are going this offseason. Yeah, I don't really. For starters, I don't buy Mac Jones as a top ten selection. I don't either. I don't either. It's like you know they're. But saying, you know, you know the, we, the, the things are. I mean, you always see it all the time. Ten, teams reach for quarterbacks in the draft. They always do. I mean, because I feel like, they want a quarterback. I mean, I feel like I could throw for 70 percent if I've got Devontae Smith and Jay Waddle and you know Najee Harris out of the backfield and the best offensive line in the FCC. Like. I, I feel like if I'm surrounded by all that, that I'm gonna, I should by default be a pretty good player. Yeah. I don't think I, I can't picture Mac Jones as a franchise quarterback. I felt like this about Daniel Jones. Actually, I felt like the Giants, you know, reached for him that he would have been there. I think they had pick 16 or something too, and he probably would have still been there. Uh, but they reached for him because the theory is if you like that quarterback, you go get that quarterback. I right. do not subscribe to that theory. Like in terms of. You know, if that's the guy you like, then you you if you got the fourth pick, you get him at fourth. No, because if he's uh, you know a top twenty guy, why are you going to pick him at four when you can get him at twenty? Right. And, you know what I mean? Like I never understood that logic that some people put out there with Mac Jones. I I would much rather go after, of course, Deshaun Watson. Like you say, he's twenty five. I'd much rather give up draft collateral for him because, in theory, if you add Watson. That, that first-round pick this year, if you're talking about going to a quarterback, I mean, you're right. doing the same thing. Yeah. And then those, yeah. those other two first-round picks are going to be late 20s picks. They're going to be basically high second-round picks if Watson is as good as advertised. So I don't have a problem. This three first-round pick thing is scaring people off uh, that are fans. I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. I think it's it totally worth it for Watson. You, you still have to – like, the thing about draft picks, and we're seeing this with the Boston Celtics now in the NBA – you can have all these draft picks, but if they don't mm -hmm. develop, then they aren't worth a damn, honestly. Yep. Yep. So it's much it's especially when you're talking about the quarterback position, it is much smarter to go get something that is a proven commodity than something that is going to take time to develop. Like if the Panthers and Matt Rule and company want to be good this coming year or the year after, you need a guy that's a proven commodity. I agree. And if they're trying to run the stuff that they were trying to run with Teddy Bridgewater, 
I don't really see much of a difference between Bridgewater and Mac Jones. Like the main thing we talked there about Bridgewater was what? His, no, completion, per his no. completion percentage. That was the main highlight of Teddy Bridgewater's season. But I don't see anything else to make me think, okay, that should be the quarterback for the Panthers for the next six or seven years. <laughs> Mac Jones has <laughs> better receivers to throw to. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you got the, you got the Heisman Trophy winner on one side of your field. I mean, you know, like it. So I, I don't know where he's going to end up, but I do know they always put quarterbacks high in these mock drafts. And then every single year, a guy you didn't expect to drop drops far, like out of the top five. I, I think, eight. I honestly think the person who might drop is Fields. I do too. I think actually Fields will still be sitting there at eight well, for the well, Panthers. I saw in his draft, uh, the one you were talking about, I saw where the, he said the 49ers are going to trade up to get him. You know, if the, if that's – I'm a 49ers fan. I don't understand that. I'd rather have Garoppolo. Yeah. And, and I'm not a huge Garoppolo fan either, but in between the two, I'd rather have Garoppolo. He's a proven commodity. I mean, he just gets hurt all the time. I mean, but yeah, he not played I, I wouldn't see I wouldn't see trading up to get Justin Fields. Yeah, I wouldn't trade up to get Fields either. Like I said, that Clemson game is kind of warped – Sort of the perception of Justin Fields, although we do need to say the kid was like thirty-four and two or something in college. And oh, yeah. the, two losses, the two losses were to Alabama and Clemson. <laughs> so I mean, in, in, in national semifinal games. So I mean, it, when you weigh it like that, it's and he played in the Big Ten, which isn't like you know a cakewalk. No. So I think Fields would be an okay. I'd rather have Fields than Mac Jones. Oh, well, like, I think I probably would too. I'd probably I'd be way more comfortable with them picking Fields at eight than Mac Jones at eight. Like if Fields is still sitting there at eight, uh, and there's no no trade on the table, you know, to get an established quarterback. If I'm David Tepper and those guys, I'm probably running to the table and telling them to get Fields. Well, you, I mean, them, you know? also you draft Justin Fields, and he's he's sitting there. I mean, you could also make the case that you could still you could flip him for Deshaun Watson because that's true. Houston is going to want. I, I I would think Houston is going to want some kind of quarterback back in return. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they would much rather have Justin Fields than Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion. I think a lot of people would like that. <laughs> poor, poor Teddy. Like I think Teddy stopped following the Panthers on social media this week too, so that was news. Wow, jeez. So we'll, yeah, so we'll, <laughs> that was on the that was on the uh, the ticker that he had stopped following him on Instagram jeez. or whatever. <laughs> and uh, we never got to the bottom of why or anything. So I don't know. We'll 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 find out here as a quarterback watch continues in the NFL. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, some more from the franchise players. Uh, North Carolina uh, men's basketball team, a bit of a head scratcher. We're trying to get a beat on what exactly this team is as they get ready to take on 11th ranked Florida State later on today. Plus, who is the top team in college basketball this week? There's a new contender, but maybe they weren't new and they've been sitting around all along. You've been listening to the Franchise Players on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Franchise Players. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Jay Spivey and Ryan Stone. Make sure you check out uh, the franchise players' previous episodes, the podcast, they are listed on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio podcast network where you can find uh, shows such as The Rundown, um, Live with Brandon Blakeney, and more. That's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and much, much more. Guys, some NBA talk. Kyrie Irving from the, the red-hot Brooklyn Nets. They've won eight straight games and are starting to look like a problem. 
Uh, they're doing most of this without Kevin Durant even on the court. Uh, he suggested in a post-game press conference this week that the NBA logo should be replaced with Kobe Bryant. If the NBA logo was to be changed from its current logo, Jerry West, who should be the first player that it goes to, or should it ever be changed? Ryan, let's start with you. I don't. I don't necessarily agree, disagree with Kyrie Irving's premise on this as to why he said it, um, but he's biased because Kobe Bryant's his favorite. Like they had a relationship. Kobe's like his, his favorite player like, of all. Time. It's, like his, it's like his mentor, right? Pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, they had a, a, a very tight relationship. Um, and, and I mean, no disrespect to the late great Kobe Bryant when I say this. Um, but if you're going to change it, it's Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's it, why wouldn't it be the best player of all time? Well, <laughs> well, okay. So I was waiting for somebody to say that because at no time during Jerry West's career was he considered the greatest player in the NBA. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I'd have to do research. I've never actually looked it up as to why Jerry West was the choice. Yeah, me too. Actually, I, I, I've never thought to look that up. <laughs> like, why did um, Jerry West? Other, I mean, was right for years. <laughs> other, other than it, other than it, I mean, it's a cool logo. It looks yeah. good. I, I don't think the NBA is ever going to change it just because it's so recognized. And like, it, I mean, it's the second most recognized logo in sports. I mean, among like the nat, the you know, the pro sports. I mean, the NFL Shield is obviously a little more iconic, but the NBA is pretty iconic as well. So I don't know that they're ever going to change it just because you run the risk of like people having to adjust to that and fail to recognize it, things like that. Um, but if you were going to change it, I, to me, it's got to be Michael Jordan. And to go along with what you just said, Ryan, how many NBA players are – and, uh, and they, the Major League Baseball uses a player, too. So how many Major League Baseball players and NBA players do you think actually are, are, are the logo, know, know who the logo is or, or their particular logo? I guarantee you it's such a small percentage. I mean, do you guys know who the two are? I mean, I know you know Jerry West is for basketball. Do you know who it is for baseball? No. Uh, you're going to say it, and I'm going to know it. Oh, I know who it is. I just want to know if you guys no, know. No, no. What, what I'm saying is, you're going to say it, and I'm going to remember who it is when you say it. I know I'm sure, but I'm blanking on it right now. <laughs> okay. The, the, answer, the answer is Harmon Killebrew. I mean, he wasn't a transcendent player either. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he wasn't a transcendent player. So why change something that's not broken? I mean, I'm not against changing the logo, but why change something that's not broken? Yeah, I would kind of agree with that. Um, I mean, I've heard the whole it should be Jordan. I've also heard that Jordan would, you know, if it was between him and Kobe, he would say Nike would be furious. Yeah, Nike would. Yeah. And, and you can't make the logo the Air Jordan, you know. That's, so, uh, that's exactly that's, my point. Yeah, that's literally what it would have to be if it was Jordan. So um, I, 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 got, I mean, Kobe's probably my second favorite player of all time behind Jordan. And uh, would I be mad if they switched it to Kobe? No, not at all. But I guess it comes down to would he deserve it over someone like Jordan? But that goes back to the original conversation about Jerry West was never the best player in the league, and he's the logo. It's really more about, I guess, hmm, Jerry West is one of the more popular players during his time. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe popularity. And he played for, play for the Lakers, too, so that helped. 
Yeah, I mean, and even but even back then though, he was mo- known more for losing to the Celtics in the finals. Right. He was well, now, winning, still so. playing the Lakers, so that helped. Everybody loves the Celtics. Here's a here's a here's a question that I haven't really thought about. This logo existed while Jerry West was an active player. So that, was I he, don't know. I don't know the answer. Playing, was he playing while this logo of him was the logo of the NBA? Because that would be pretty boss. If uh, <laughs> that's that's almost. Michael Jordan walking past a statue of himself every day when he's going to work from 96 to 98 at the United Center type level. Like, I mean, the company you, the business you work for, the entity you work for as a silhouette of you for their, for their logo. Like that's kind of, I don't know. That's just like some other world type stuff going on there. I don't think they should ever replace. I don't think they ever would replace it to be honest. There's just too much going on. why? Why, Why change it? Yeah, just leave it the way. I mean, the NBA is doing quite well. Why change it? No, I, I mean they can do something to honor Kobe. I mean, if they want. Well, but, yeah, I was gonna say I thought I knew something else they were gonna do, like name the. Uh, they were gonna name something after Kobe instead of the logo. I can't remember what it was now, like the some trophy or something. Ah, I can't remember now. Maybe the All Star trophy. That's the bull. No, maybe it was the All Star MVP trophy. I think there was some <laughs> stuff about that. I I just actually read that uh, Jerry West uh, actually was not happy when they made him the logo. <laughs> that he actually wanted them to change, he actually wanted them to change it at one point. So that's oh, wow. kind of interesting. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. He's, he's pretty modest guy anyway. Yeah, that yeah, that is, I can that is, that's that, that's pretty interesting. I think he would be. Know, all that, I mean, the, the reason Kyrie Irving. But the, we're, we're overlooking the main premise as to why Kyrie Irving said what he said. What he, the reason he said what he said is because the league has been built off of black players. Right. And you have a white person. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That, that's the main reason Kyrie Irving said what he said. Now, does that does that warrant the logo change? That's a, that's a discussion the NBA has to have. But he certainly has a point in making that statement. I would agree with Which that. I, I'm agreeing with Kyrie Irving. It's wow, yeah, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> winning, winning cures everything as the Brooklyn Nets have taken a stranglehold uh, over in the Eastern Conference. Are we heading for I, a, I, I just, I just don't think – I don't think – I mean, although Ryan is 100% right about what he said, I just don't know that we can take anything that Kyrie says with a grain of salt. I mean, most of what he says is just, a, a, just absurd anyway. But he did that I, to himself. I, think, I think his premise is right. It's just I don't know if he's the right messenger for it. There, that okay, that I agree with completely because he's he's done this to himself. You know the world exactly, absolutely burning sage on the court. Like just dude, just play basketball. Like it's kind of affected the way I look at. Just shut up and play. Yeah, just play for real. Like (laughs) just you don't need to act smarter about it because you went to Duke for eight months. (laughs) Like you know, just just, just calm down. Um, Let's get to the biggest story that happened this week. Of course, uh, revolves around. Uh, golf legend Tiger Woods uh, suffered major injuries, uh, apparently to his lower legs after his after a horrific car accident. He rolled a SUV uh, earlier in the week. Um, Woods is recovering in Los Angeles. He was actually transferred Thursday night to Cedar Sinai. Uh, his career may actually be in jeopardy if Tiger Woods never picks up a golf club again from this point forward. Can he be considered the greatest golfer of all time? One well, thousand. One thousand thousand percent. Nobody has impacted the game of golf more. Um, You know, 
we we all due respect to the greats before him. But this this conversation wouldn't be what it what what it is for Tiger Woods if this same thing had happened to Jack Nicholas or Greg Norman mm-hmm. uh, or any of the greats before him. He transcended golf, and, and it's it's not even close the impact that he has had on golf and this insurgence of like young talent that's kind of that's a little more flashy than what we had seen in the past. Uh, it. it it's because of Tiger Woods and his impact on the game alone, uh, his success alone, 100% Tiger Woods. To me, he is the greatest golfer of all time. Okay. To me, um, to me, I'd still, I mean, I, I you know, I, I know deep in my heart, he's probably the most talented player of all time, but <coughs> I, and I still see Jack Nicholas's number of majors and it's still like, is he still the number one player or not? I just, I'm still, I'm kind of, I still am kind of confused as to which one I want to pick. And it, I, it's not, a, it's not putting down Tiger at all because he is phenomenal. And just, you know, I'm not a golf fan, but you know, I, every time he played, I watched him, and it, it's he, like Ryan said, he totally transcended golf. He completely, by, I mean, just huge amounts increased the prize money you know, by so many millions of dollars because of him and players, I hope understand that, but I, I have a feeling these kids now they're coming up, the younger, younger kids, they don't understand that. And so just as an aside, when, when he won the masters two years ago, I was in Wilmington, uh, I was on vacation in Wilmington and uh, we were in a sandwich shop and they had, the, they had the masters on and he was about ready to win. And the place was packed, and when he won, he got there was a standing ovation in there, and you never see that in a golf tournament anywhere else, in any other restaurant. And I'll never forget that. I mean, I knew it was almost two years ago, but I'll never forget that. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Just to go to a sandwich shop and to hear the entire restaurant stand up and give him a standing ovation was unbelievable. You know, it's crazy. I I watched the Tiger uh, doc, the Great Tiger documentary that's on HBO Max. Oh, it's tremendous, tremendous. Uh, they're at the very end uh, when he wins uh, the Masters in 2019 and he's walking with his son and he's walking through the gallery and everyone is just like losing it, like clapping yeah. and hollering and screaming. I got to admit, I got a little emotional. I was sitting there on the yeah. couch. Granted, granted, I'd had a couple beers. It was late at night. It was like <laughs> Saturday night. And, and my wife actually caught me. She came around the corner and was like, what's wrong? What's the matter? And it was like during that, that scene at the very end where he's kind of walking out through that gallery and two things struck my mind. I was like, wow, Tiger Woods has really hit a nerve with me in terms of like just watching this two-hour documentary and watching his career. I've grown up with this guy. Like this yeah. guy, is, yeah. he's my age. I mean, he graduated the year I did. So we're him and Kobe and myself, we are all, we're right around 42, 43 years of age. So I feel like I've grown through my entire adult life following uh, this guy. But the, I, the moment, the reason why I was getting emotional watching it, it made me think, that might have been the last major yep. sporting event that we were all at together watching without having to wear masks or what, having to worry about getting sick. And you could just see the pure joy in the people's faces as he was walking through the crowd. And it was like a come like a full circle moment because they started off the documentary talking about Tiger and the relationship with his dad and yeah. him winning that first Masters in '97. And his son had never seen him win a master or, or a major, for that matter. So well, if, if, if you're doing it for his kid, 
if you go back to the end of 2020, which we all agree was a nightmarish year, but you know yeah. when he when he and his son played in that father son tournament at the end of the year, it was incredible to watch and oh, just to yeah. watch how similar his son plays to him and his swing, how how similar his son's swing is to, to his. It was unbelievable. Now, now I'm curious because see the the whole thing about titles and stuff, it feels like it applies differently in golf when we talk about greatest player ever than it does in other sports because we. Of course, we we call Michael Jordan the greatest player of all time. There's hardly really an argument about it, except for you know LeBron lovers, where Jordan only won six, Bill Russell won eleven. <laughs> you know, and we don't call Bill Russell the greatest of all time, but in golf we do. So I was curious about that. I think, well, I think there's, I mean, Kareem I think has an argument as the best of all time as well oh, absolutely. Uh, in the NBA. Um, golf, I think. I think ultimately what's different about golf is it's kind of the same thing with Jordan, honestly. Uh, Jordan, uh, he he raised, like, the NBA's popularity went up in the 80s, but it really went up with Michael Jordan. It really skyrocketed with Michael Jordan. So it, it's kind of the same thing, Jordan and Tiger Woods. They both kind of transcended the sport and took it mainstream, and I think mm-hmm. that that's a big part of why people consider both of them the GOAT, whereas, like, the NFL has pretty much, oh, not maybe not always, but it's been mainstream for a long time, and there's not real. And the NFL has always been, it's more based on the league than it is on it one single star. Uh, as great as Tom Brady is, the, the league is just as popular with him. It, it was just as popular before him as it is with him uh, for the most part. So, I mean, as great as he is, he hasn't really raised the popularity necessarily of the league, whereas I think the the big thing for golf in the NBA is that Tiger and Jordan kind of transcended the sport and took it mainstream. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that in terms of uh, Tiger's influence on the game or, or the game of golf. I never sat down and watched a single Sunday of golf in my life until uh, that Father's Day U.S. Open when Tiger was mm-hmm. playing on one leg, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, and that at that point, Tiger had been playing for a decade, and I still hadn't really given golf too much attention unless he was leading on Sunday and wearing a red shirt, and I would poke in and out and watch that. But uh, that particular U.S. Open, I remember because they had to go to that playoff, so they had to finish it the following day on Monday, and I made a point to watch it, you know, on Monday, you know, like to to see what was going on, and from that point on, I was kind of hooked on watching him play but unfortunately that was the beginning of him having all these injuries and you know being in and out of stuff and i never really appreciated tiger at his prime i guess um but in terms of what he's done to the game he's brought in so many people to the game that never would have gave golf Uh a chance if he didn't exist and like and like I said, I mean the the prize money has gone up exponentially since he came, since he came in twenty twenty five years ago. Oh, the TV money probably I would imagine the, the oh TV money and the tur- there's way more tournaments well, than there used the, to be. It's yeah. the like it's like Colin Cowherd said it earlier this week. It, he had the numbers. I can't remember what it was, but it was like it was like golfers before Tiger Woods. Their earnings just strictly based off golf, strictly based off the PGA Tour. You would have one guy a year make a million dollars. After Tiger Woods, it's like 20, 20 or more every year. Wow. That make oh, yeah, so, I mean, you can, you, 
his impact on their earnings alone is insane. Yeah, yeah you, you go down the list of the top-ranked golfers in the world, and they're all easily millionaires. All of them are. And, and a large part of that is because of Tiger. It's just different when he's in the field. You know what I totally mean? Like different. That, totally different. Totally different. It doesn't matter. Even if he's not competitive, it's totally different. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Even he's in the 51st place. It just the field feels different. And I will say that that Masters uh, in 2019 that Tiger won, it felt like – I'm trying to think of the correct words to put this in. But, like – because it, it, it basically he let everybody else screw up like in that let's mm -hmm. just be real he didn't mm -hmm. like go shoot past them or anything he just basically played par and let everyone kind of crack mm -hmm. under pressure mm -hmm. and it was there was that scene i think it was him and rory mcelroy walking up the fairway and there's just this mob of hundreds of people mm -hmm. following them behind it and you're sitting there watching it on tv and tiger and rory are kind of chuckling about it and you're just like this dude is on like the mount rushmore of sports like he he Absolutely. is literally it's Babe Ruth, it's Muhammad Ali, it's Tiger and and Michael Jordan. Like I think those are the four. Like when you get to that level, it's just he it's amazing to me what he's done and I think that to be honest, I don't think I want him to play again. If he can't play near the level we're used to seeing him play at, I don't want to see him kind of Well, Desmond, you know, even before even, even before this accident on Monday, I mean, you had to wonder whether he was going to come back at all because his back is a disaster right now. Oh, yeah. even, even before the wreck. And now, I mean, it sounds like he's, both of his legs, especially the one leg, is just – I mean, it, it kind of Dangled. goes back to almost the, the, Alex, the Alex Smith injury. It's just mm – -hmm. it's going to be nearly impossible for him to play golf on that leg. I, I just hope he can walk and, you know, do everyday normal activities yeah, and be with his kids. kids. Yeah, I mean, he could do so much more – he, I think he's done enough. I think that's what it is. And I think that's the thing that's bothered me the most with sports radio this week, where once if, once people found out he was okay, it felt like the conversation turned to, well, when can he be back? And I was no, like, that shouldn't even be the conversation. You know no, what I mean? Like, this no, should be more about no. him and his health and getting better. And I don't think we need him back. We want no. him back. But we're never going to get that version of Tiger Woods ever again. So... It's like wishing for Jordan to come out of retirement at age sixty and hoping that I mean, he's look like he did in ninety six, you know. And he, I mean, his healing powers. I mean, he's had so many back issues and his knees have been in trouble. He's forty five years old. I mean, he's not going right. to heal very that very quickly. Yeah. And and yeah. these these two these injuries he had on Monday in this wreck, he's been. I mean, he's lucky to be alive. Let alone, I mean, and and it sounds like they were able to salvage his legs and you know they could have been amputated even if he hadn't died. But so that was actually my thought. Yeah. I thought they I mean, were he, he's, he is very lucky. Yeah, he's. I mean, he. I think. I think the doctor I saw in sports center the other day said that you know it was going to take at least a year for him to get back to be able to play. Which, so at that point you're talking about forty six, maybe going on to forty seven. So I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily. I would like to see him come back just once to play, just to show that you know he's recovered. But after that, I don't I don't I don't necessarily need him going after Master again or anything well, like yeah. that. I would like to, to go along with the Alex Smith thing, I mean, as of right now everything seems okay, but you don't know whether he's gonna get get, get some sort of um, bacteria infection from it, a staph infection. Because that's what happened to Alex Smith and look how many surgeries he had, and he's still not hundred percent not anywhere near hundred percent yet. I, I'm not gonna lie. Anytime I saw Alex Smith this past season, I would get like, oh. like jittery. <laughs> like I would be nervous. Like anytime people were around him, uh, on the well, I, I'm very like, squeamish. In a 
I'm very squeamish, and for some unknown reason, I watched that E60 report they did last summer on Alex Ooh. Smith. It was, oh yeah. my goodness, I, oh. It made me, oh, oh <laughs> my goodness. Just thinking about it, it's making me like shiver, like oh. So I, you know, hopefully Tiger's going to be able to recover, enjoy, you know, some semblance of uh, being able to walk around. He was already having trouble walking around to begin with before yeah. this. It felt like, yeah. Um, so maybe this might be the thing that causes him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, in a couple of months we see he officially retires from golf or something to that effect. Or he just doesn't say anything. He just doesn't play anymore. Like, sometimes you just kind of fade off into the distance, and maybe he does something to that effect. Well, but, he might. I mean, uh, that, that might actually be something he does. You know, and then maybe he might pop up two, three years from now. And because and, in the Masters, in it, like, if you've won the Masters, you're basically invited. Yeah, pretty back. much you're there forever. You're pretty yeah, much yeah. there. You, so he could show it's a very select field. Very select field. He can show, show in 2027 or whatever, you know, be out of the league for five years and basically be like, yo, I'm I'm back. <laughs> you know, I just want to do the Masters. So um we will we will keep track of that as well. We are up against it. Uh wanna thank Jay Spivey, Ryan Stone, uh, for being on franchise players. Of course, you can catch them every week Saturday at eleven AM on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We'll be back next week. Any parts that you might have missed, once again, check us out on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Podcast Network. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and much, much more. You can find that and other tobacco road programming there. We will talk to you next week.